Welcome to Watch Rotation, Episode 9. I'm Joe. And I'm Merrick. What are we talking about today, Merrick? Well, since we're in 2020, we thought we'd recap some of our favorite watches from 2019, and maybe not so favorite watches, some impressions from the year in general. And this is not, um, this is not going to be like things that were released. This is only going to be stuff that we have personally purchased or, uh, or owned, right? Yeah, yeah. No, we don't care about what's being released. Come on, man. We're yeah, better I mean, than that. Give us a three, three to four year lead and we'll own those watches. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good statement. That's a good uh, summary of how we do this. Um, I, I got something for you. Hold on. Um, yeah. I'm going to see if you can figure out what this is. Are you sending it to me? You hear that? Yeah. Can you tell me the uh, how fast my watch is running? What's what is the beat rate? <laughs> you can't tell. Um. Okay, I'm gonna stop that before uh, our three listeners go crazy. <laughs> the orological cricket, dude. That is my. Uh, oh yeah, what did I, you get? I got this. I got this watch today. So I have to talk about it because and because I think it's awesome and probably not a lot of people, uh, people probably know about it, but not a lot of people are probably interested in this watch. It's um, I picked it up off of uh, off of eBay. It's a Piaget ninety nine thirty. So essentially, it's like the exact same watch as the Ralph Lauren um, white gold uh, the eight four six the the ultra slim slim classic or whatever it's called. Uh, it's called the eight four six. Okay. What is it actually called in English? I think it's like Ralph Lauren. It's it's like Ultra Slim Classic, I'm pretty sure. Uh the the Slim Classic are the round ones. I don't think the square oh, ones okay. are called that. Yeah. I mean so it's called the Ralph Lauren 846. I'm pretty sure so. Um <laughs> <laughs> So this watch is essentially that watch. It has the same um a uh, very similar uh like square design. Oh, sorry. I think it's 867, dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, people know. Um, people will know what you're talking about. People that yeah, I mean, follow, go on my Instagram or Marek's Instagram. Most likely Marek's Instagram because he has many more pictures of the watch. I had it for like a little while, so maybe like one or two photos. I mean, even if you go to like Instagram and type Ralph Lauren watch hashtag, I mean, you'll find it. It's a square. It's a square watch with alternating Roman and um, Arabic numerals. It's actually a pretty sweet watch. Um, yeah, and what you got is the Altiplano, right? That's the official like model name for that. Correct. So it's the uh, Altiplano or Altiplano, whatever. I don't know how to say it. Um, Ninety nine thirty, and it's so it doesn't have any Roman numerals. It's only like Arabic style numerals, and uh, it's it's. I don't know how you how would you describe this font, Marek? Oh, I'm trying to find the watch, man. It has a bit of an odd uh, style of numerals. It's a little quirky, I would say um they oh i see um let's see here yeah so they're like cursive but they're depending on which direction like which location they are on the dial the cursive changes sort of like italic direction right yeah yeah but the, the the like yeah the direction of the italic or cursive however you want to call it is changing the direction so that it's radial from the center of the dial 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of um, cool. Yeah, it's it's a cool it's a cool font. It's it's interesting. And um, yeah, so it's a black a black dial. It's it's actually like a matte dial, um, and the numerals are are like glossy, um, and it has a really really delicate set of hands. Um, they're just they're probably white gold. The case of the watch is white gold, uh, so I would assume the hands are white gold. Uh, yeah, they probably are. They're like leaf shaped. I would yep. I would say. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty cool watch. Um, and I know. Um, I was watching the same watch on eBay actually for a long time. So um, I was like, kind of surprised when all of a sudden you <laughs> just sent me a link. So it's like, oh, I bought this. Yeah, I bought it completely impulsively, and I, I saw it, and I was like, huh, I think that this watch would I would really enjoy this. So I picked it up because um, I love manual wind watches and. Ever since I had that reverso from you, I've been kind of like itching for just like dressier watches to wear. And I saw yeah. this and I, I, it just seemed like just real cool because it's a little bit, it's 29 by 29 and the Ralph is like 27 and a half by 27 and a half. And right. the lug design is very different. Obviously, this is more traditional. So it has an 18 millimeter strap and it tapers to like 16 probably. Uh, mm -hmm. And the Ralph has like what a twenty-four to fifteen or something like that. Yeah, it's a twenty-four to fifteen. Which I mean, every single strap I got for that watch was a uh, custom-made. Yeah. Um, so, but not, it was not only about like the availability, but like style, style-wise, uh, mm -hmm. that that watch didn't really like gel with me too much. If you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I really like the dial of the Ralph Lauren. I think sort of the way it's laid out and with the different type numerals and like the Breguet hands, I think it really works well. And yeah. the quality is also there in the dial. It's like, you know, kind of thickly printed. Well, it's, um, a, it's an enamel dial, yeah. It's like lacquer, I believe. It's okay. not quite kind of, it's not like a grand faux enamel, but it looks very much so like, a, you know, there's definitely like a, that kind of texture to it and it dips right where the uh, hands are mounted. So it has like that nice effect. Um, no complaints on the quality there. And yeah, no, it's like, it's a very similar watch to what you got. And it's got actually, you know, powered by the same movement, just the Ralph Lauren version. The uh, 430P, Piaget 430P. It's um, manual wine, 36 hour power reserve. And it's like incredibly thin. So this watch, is uh, I was actually kind of uh, trying to provoke you a little bit. I asked you what the thickness of the Ralph was, and uh, I think the Ralph is is five and a half millimeters thick, and this one is four and a half. So I, I don't know who is uh, if anyone's caring about that, but it's something. You know, you, you know what's funny? The movement in the Ralph is actually called RL four thirty. And in the Ralph put it together himself. While he was wearing his, his <laughs> jeans and jean jacket. <laughs> In full denim watchmaking. <laughs> Dude, that's funny. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a cool movement because it's really thin. And, you know, I don't remember if it has stop seconds. Not that it matters for these watches because they don't have a... Yeah, they don't have a second hand. Oh, but I think it does, actually. I remember Tim also talking about it, that it's like, it's, you know, it's a level of refinement where the watch doesn't even have a second hand, but the movement does hack. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess it makes a little bit of a difference when you're like trying to set time accurately to a minute and you set the hand and then if the watch doesn't hack, that, that minute hand is actually going to continue moving. So you're going to get off mark, I guess. 
Yeah, but this watch doesn't even have like a like a chapter ring with like minutes ticks or whatever, so you can't even tell what minute you're setting it to. And it's a it's a square, which on a square watch you can never really tell the time. I mean, you can just, I guess, not as well as on the round one. But anyway, dude. So you got it today, so you're like kind of still in love with it. No, I'm I, I'm pretty sure I'm gonna. Th- this thing will be glued to my wrist. So it's like, I mean, for the price I paid for it. Um, which was under 2000. I, I think it's, it's awesome. Um, and I mean, it, it, for this, this type of watch for me, like, cause I'm, I'm usually wearing like a little bit more sporty stuff. Uh, and since I got the reversal from you, it sort of changed a little bit. I got a little bit more comfortable wearing like dressier, a, a dressier watch. Um, yep. and cause when I, when I had the Ralph, uh, that was like before, way before, and it, it, it didn't really like feel comfortable wearing it. It wasn't my style and it kind of just felt a little out of place on my wrist. But when I put this watch on, um, I mean, it sort of fits the bill for me as like, if I was to wear like a Nomos watch or something like that, it's, a, you know, like just something like that's super thin and a little bit more of like a, like a simple design, something that I can wear like casually. Um, yeah, with I think like a the, down, with a button-down shirt, something like that. I think the Arabic numerals and the kind of conventional strap sizing definitely feeds into the watch feeling a whole lot more casual than the Ralph. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, the Ralph is kind of like, um, I, I don't know, that watch is fairly dressy. I, I don't think it's an easy watch to dress down. I guess you could a little bit, but it's still going to be very much on the dressy side. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I remember you didn't really like the Ralph, which uh, was unfortunate, but that's it, okay. It was cool. I, I really liked the watch itself, but it didn't, um, it wasn't something that I could really wear, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I, I think this watch is really cool, and it's probably a model that not a lot of people are really interested in or is on the radar of many people, but I think that it should be. It's, it's yeah. very, very, very nice. Yeah, I got something new, too. What do you got? Actually, just yesterday, uh, picked it up. Um, well, I got a few new things actually yesterday. One that I'm not going to talk much about, but my Raj Dewey Sympathy finally uh, came back from uh, being serviced, and it's like perfect. Like I'm in love with that thing. But let's just continue. Um, I also was kind of uh, around Christmas time. I was looking at a watch on eBay. It was uh, Blanc Pond Le Mans Flyback Chronograph. Um, and I've been looking to get one. Um, you know, there was one enlisted in titanium for around 4000 on eBay that I was looking at. But then there was another one that was specified as stainless steel. And I just added it to my watch list. It was a little bit more expensive. But I was like, okay, well, let's see what this is about. And when I was looking at it, it looked like it might have had hallmarks, like precious metal hallmarks on the back of the lugs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I'm still not sure if the seller knew what it was because he said he was selling it for a friend so hopefully that other friend knew um but the watch was is totally white gold um and it has a white gold deployment clasp um and i could instantly tell when i got it i mean i got extra pictures before i you know committed to it and you could clearly see the hallmarks but you know when i got it man this thing is heavy i need to weigh it but like it's a small watch. So it's like 38 millimeter chronograph, but then, you know, it's made of gold and then it also has a solid gold rotor. 
uh, on the Frederick P game movement. So it's, it's, it's dense. It feels really good on the wrist. Um, you know, the condition is a little uh, uh, worse than I was hoping that it would be. But, you know, that's just the nature of gold, I guess. The bezel can take a few dents, um, which is fine. You know, the price I paid is uh, very much so close to what a stainless steel one should be like. Mm -hmm. What do you think of this watch? Because it's like you said you don't like the design, but I think it's so... Um, I think it's actually very well executed. It, it's, it has the, like, military style dial, so it's yeah. um, numerals all around. Um, and it has the full loomed hands as well. Um, let me pull up your photo. Let me pull up your photo here. Let's yeah, see. man. Let's see what uh, what you sent me. Oh man, I have to tell you another story about this watch. <laughs> oh, you actually, um, you got another watch in too that you didn't mention. You sent me a picture. I just saw, it, but we can talk about that another time. Yeah, we can. It's it's not a significant watch. It is to me. I love that watch, but it's okay. Yeah, Do you so want it? At, <laughs> All right. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking at uh, your picture here. You're looking at the wrist shot? It's kind of cool that on the uh, subdials that they have a little step in the center with like a little crosshairs. That's pretty cool. Dude, it's like three steps. It's like the inner step, then there's the outer step, and then yeah. like there's like the middle step. It. You look at the profile when you, I was driving, I was looking at it. I'm like, wow, that's kind of, that's kind of detailed. There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot going on. I almost crashed once when, I, or probably multiple times when I was. I just like took a peek at my watch when I'm driving, and for some reason that just throws me off enough where I don't know. <laughs> just got off the road. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so I think that's a pretty cool touch that uh, um, the subdials are stepped like that. I don't think I've seen that on any other, any other watches. Um, yeah. It's just their their styling and like their fonts and their whole aesthetic is not really my favorite um yeah i don't know something about the design is it just it doesn't speak me and speak to me in the way that it does to you Mm. i think it's like a little bit different from everything else like the double step bezel um i I quite like that i mean Mm -hmm. you can instantly tell it's blanc pond usually when you see that yeah yeah um see but i feel like you'd like this watch just because it's it's a chronograph but it has screw down crown and pushers that's cool um so you know it's like the 100 meter water resistance that it has you can probably trust that mm-hmm. um well maybe not this one i need to get it serviced but yeah i mean the loom man the loom on this thing is really strong i was very surprised like i was driving and it wasn't even you know it was probably like 130 uh, it was a little cloudy today but you could see it was glowing um every time i'd walk walk by the window in my apartment i would kind of get to the kitchen or something and you could see it glow um so that's really surprising too so you know it's a man like fairly well executed watch um and it's also a flyback chrono so you got you know um a little bit more functionality there i guess if you think of that as functionality um and that's yeah so this is obviously a very a very like sporty watch um yeah but so what is how how would you describe the uh the blanc pen um like aesthetic overall um you know the you had that other calendar triple calendar watch from them and it looks very similar it's the uh, same it's the same case except the triple calendar wasn't steel yeah, yeah yeah and i wouldn't necessarily say that's like a sporty watch but obviously there's a lot of like sporty elements here. So like, how that's, would you describe, how would you describe yeah, sure. how these watch, like what are, what are these watches trying to accomplish with their design? Cause it, I'm, I don't, maybe I just don't really get it. Um, I don't think this is ex- what like, explain it to me. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll explain it to you, but I don't think this is what Blancpain was actually going after with these. 
Okay. But to me, to me, I do not like wearing large sporty watches, right? Like if something is, you know, like 41, 42 millimeter, it's starting to get outside of my comfort zone. So for me, these are kind of like a sports watch that is in the dress watch form factor. Okay. So it's a 30 millimeter case and these are slim. These are not thick watches. So you have kind of the benefit of having a, you know, a smaller kind of sports watch, um, if you, if you want to call it that. Um, but I think it's also a really nice balance between, like, you know, like a sports and, and uh, a dress watch. I mean, I feel like I could wear this for uh, most occasions. To me, this is on the sporty side, but the size makes it very comfortable that it's like, you know, it disappears under a cuff if you need it to. Can you, um, can you send me a photo of the, the case profile, like on the wrist uh, for thickness? Um, when I sent you a little while ago. Yeah, man, I have to put it on the, hold on. Right. I have to find it. It's in my case. That's fine. Right, well, let's, let's keep talking. Um, yeah. The, can I tell you it. what happened when I wanted to take the strap off of it? Yeah, sure. Uh, tell me the story. Yeah. So um, it, the strap that it had on it was clearly the original rubber strap, actually. And it was so deteriorated that I, you know, I wasn't even daring to wear the watch on, um, on it just because, you know, there was a risk of it falling off. So when I, when I got home, I wanted to remove it and uh, just swap it for a different strap. Yep. What happened was the spring bars that were in there got completely seized. So when I was trying to, it has a drilled lugs, so I was trying to push in a pin. But, you know, I was trying to be careful not to, like, jam it in there, and nothing was budging. Like, I couldn't even get it to move at all. Um, so at that point, I ended up cutting the strap off kind of close to the lugs, not super close. And then I dremeled through the strap and through the spring bar to get it out. <laughs> and, like, I did it on both sides. And it was so stressful because you're, like, using, you know, a, a, a cutting tool right next to, uh, you know, a gold case. Gladly, I didn't do anything stupid. It went very smoothly. but um yeah that was that was an interesting thing yeah i'm not sure if i would do that i mean how would you how else would you remove it you need one of those uh you ever buy like a cheap bracelet resizing kit on amazon and, oh when uh, it like pushes in no well no no well that might have worked actually but um it comes with like this shitty little like jewelry hammer dude hold on so i'll you, tell you something when you i need, got it you out need the jewelry hammer that's what you need when i start when I got. Those. Hold on, let me tell you what happened. When I got the pieces of spring bar out, I took half of it and I tried compressing it with pliers. I just put it like vertically in a set of pliers. And I applied so much force that like I, I could barely hold it and it still didn't compress. So there was no way for me to use anything other than dremeling through it. You still didn't apply the hammering force. You need, you need <laughs> impact. That's what you need. You think so? Yep. I mean, I'm not hammering my gold right watch, away. man. I don't uh, know. You would, you would have been good. You'd, you basically just put the spring bar, uh, like, the, you know, the, the pin, um, like, spring, you know, on the spring bar tool, like the, the one that's just like a, a stick that's not like a, you know, like a fork. And uh, just do a little hammering and it would have it come out. Possibly. I don't know, man. I, I was, I feel like cutting through it was making would make me more comfortable than doing that another thing actually so uh, the, the pin moved at one point but what happened was it just got pushed through the other side <laughs> like <clears throat> the pin came out the other side so the whole spring bar shifted inside there it was yeah, that yeah. seized dude i don't think i don't think any amount of hammering would have fixed this dude like All this right. this was uh this was a, a rotary tool type fix All right, i'm sending you some photos dude 
since you're like 15. Enjoy. So someone, uh, someone uh, that listens to our podcast uh, sent me on Instagram. I don't know if I'm going to say this right. Uh, Alak Batak Colorology. I don't know if you know this guy. He said it. He I said do. That you know him. Or I've heard of, yeah, yeah we've, we've talked a couple times. He said that the numerals on the PSA uh, are kind of like Frank uh, or Frank Muller, however you say it, um, numerals. Um, it's, they're not as like, you know, they're not rainbow colored and they're not giant, but uh, it's, it's kind of that style where they rotate uh, around the center. Where they like the, 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 the way it italicizes is like sprouting from the center of the dial. Yeah. Similar maybe. font, similar font too. It's a little bit like car, uh, cartoonish, you know? Yeah. Huh. I mean, I would have. Yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm looking at your photos of the, the Blanc Pan. This thing is, this is, it's like a little watch, but it's, it's really dense. I love that. Yeah, I think I have to see this watch in person to appreciate it probably. It looks pretty thin, which is cool. Um, I don't have anything to measure it with because uh, I'm visiting my family, but. Yeah, I think, I, I think I'd have to see that because I think in photos, I'm thinking it's probably bigger than it actually is. It's, dude, it's 38, so it's like small. And it looks pretty thin. Yeah. I think the thinness will, if it's like super thin, I think that would, that would make me like it a lot. Um, Cause it, in the photos I'm thinking it's like a little chunky, but I it probably is not. I like that the, the knurling or um, yeah, I guess that'd be like knurling or whatever on the, uh, the crown and the pushers. There's not, not a lot of ridges. It, it's, it's very cool design. Oh yeah, man. It's, it's super easy to grab too. It's pretty functional because of that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we have to get to the, um, topic at hand here <laughs> the main topic so, all right i'm gonna go through my list of of watches that i've um owned this year and <laughs> you can do the same I, I have some some cool ones that uh that stand out that i really liked so but man i've had way too many to mention all of them this year yeah yeah we don't have to go through all of them just uh mention some that stand out like that fake ebell that i bought <laughs> Please talk about that. So I, I got, I, yes, yeah, so I bought this Ebel from someone and like you would never believe in a million years that they're faking Ebel watches, right? Because like yeah. it, even real, it's not even that nice of a watch, right? Uh, th this one in particular <laughs> is nicer. Yeah, honestly, this one in particular, I think it's chronometer certified, um, but it's a 7750 base. It's, uh, it's a chronograph. Uh, had screw down pushers. It was like a panda. It was pretty cool. It, um, even the fake, honestly, was kind of nice. The the one thing that made me a little skeptical was that the hands had scratches on them, which I was like, okay, it's an Ebel. Like maybe it's just a piece of crap watch or whatever. Which I actually think a lot of their watches are cool, and Marek doesn't. But um, not to knock them too hard. But um, I was like, you know, it's it's not like the highest level watch of all time. So maybe uh, you know, maybe that's just how it is. And then I, you actually, I had some like suspicion that it was not real. And you actually sent me an article of someone comparing them. And I forget what it was, like what distinguishing, um, like, you know, feature that was incorrect mm -hmm. that, that made me think, oh, the other thing that made me skeptical is that when I was setting the watch, there was so much play in the crown. It felt exactly like a 7750. Um, and the reason it's like that is because it's a Chinese faked 7750. So, you know, they just build all the parts that look exactly the same and assemble yeah. it in the same way. 
Was that uh, a uh, was that a solid case back? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. It, it was a. It's the 1911 discovery. So for anyone that wants to buy themselves a fake Ebel. Um. Was it like? Was the amount of play kind of like the those like Vostok watches where like you pull out the crown and it's like totally loose? I don't. I've never had one of those, but I'm assuming that that's that's yeah. I'm assuming that's what uh. We're on the same page about that. Yeah, it was it was horrible. Um, overall, though, like I'm assuming the real one, like the design of the watch was cool, and I would gladly repurchase a, a not fake one because um, it was a decent decent looking watch. Um, but yeah, I ended up getting a refund. I sent it back, and the original owner, the person I purchased it from, was uh, very accommodating, so they they refunded me. That was, I think, the only fake watch I've ever purchased. Oh, man, I've bought a few fake watches in the past. There's one I can particularly think of because it was scary. Um, I bought, like, an IWC Mark something. It was, I think, like, Mark 17. Okay. Um, and the only way I could tell was that, like, the strap was horrible quality. And, yeah. like, that's scary because, like, someone could have had a real one and it replaced the strap and like my suspicion would have been there, but I don't know, man. And I, I opened that watch and it, something was just not right. It looked like, like the movement looked like a real ETA or whatever they used, but like something about the seller was off. And like when that, when that strap came in and it was like fake alligator, I got really suspicious. So I messaged him saying like, Hey, I believe this watch to be fake. And he didn't fight with me at all. He said he refunded me the money after I sent that. And he's like, "Oh, just send it back." Yeah. So he knew the, the people that, yeah, yeah, that's it's very possible. Very, very possible. Um, I'm trying to find you a video of the, uh, like Vostok amphibia, like crown, so you can see it. Um, because it's like a safety mechanism, apparently, where the crown, like the 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 stem, isn't connected um, by like a. Yeah, yeah. So the stem isn't connected. The stem isn't like a solid one piece. I guess it's like split into two or something so that when you unscrew it, the crown just wobbles like a madman. The, the crown is connected to the, to the stem via Bluetooth. <laughs> it's like magnetic connection. Wait, hold on. Is this a good video to send you? It's, it's uh, okay. No one is going to be able to see this. I know, but people know what we're talking about. Very low uh, production quality here. Not a great video. Okay, man. Um, so that's that's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the the fake fakey bell. Um, so I don't know. Pick something. Pick something interesting. Something that doesn't take too long. That um, that you got this year. That's pretty cool. And it's not something that you necessarily uh, discussed a lot. Yeah, I talk about uh, some of my watches a lot. Um, there are certain ones that I don't talk as much about. I think the red dial or is big crown. Um, like automatic pilot's watch um pilot's watch yeah you, the, the you know the pointer date pilot's watch <laughs> the, the big crown pointer date with the red dial the burgundy dial um we've talked about this but honestly that watch surprised me um you know it's like hard to wear cheaper watches for me when you have a collection of these like you know kind of higher end pieces those are always you know i'm, I'm drawn to wear those more often 
but I've been wearing this RS for uh, quite a bit of time and it's, it's just been a nice fun watch that I wear now when I don't want to kind of worry about what I'm wearing. And, and that's not, kind not of like flex on people. Yeah. I'm not really ever flexing on people <laughs> like who, who cares about the stupid watches. Right. But I think, you know, like I can enjoy this watch and people actually notice the red dial. Um, and, Everyone I've sort of everyone that's noticed it seemed to really like it. So um, yeah, um, for the listeners, Merrick uh, and I actually met up. Uh, not really very planned thing, but you happen to be in a spot that was fairly accessible uh, to me. So I, I I drove a little bit and met up with you, and um, I got to see the Oris. It's actually there's not a lot of watches with with red dials, and that's something I I happen to be a big fan of of red dial watches. So, um, or at least not ones that are done well in this price range. Like, can you think of another one in like the one to two thousand dollar range? I I don't think. I mean, there's, anything. there's not really many in the any price range. And and the other ones is probably Oris. Didn't Oris have like a special edition for like Red Bar or something that was like a Diver sixty five? Yeah, yeah, that that was a nice watch. Um, yeah, I mean, like the the one that comes to mind that I really love is the Reverso with the red dial yeah yeah that's a sick um, watch and yeah so I, the red dial is really cool and i honestly have thought about purchasing that watch uh the oris uh, pointer date and the other thing that makes that watch awesome is the um the really dome sapphire crystal and then just being a reasonable size so yeah, yeah that's, that's mean, like a that's a solid watch it's like a 40 but i feel like it wears slightly smaller than that just because yeah. of how like curved the whole cases and the bezel is like recessed into the lugs something mm-hmm. about that just makes it seem a little bit smaller than it is where's like a like a 39 or 38 and a half something like that it's not like too much smaller but yeah it, i would say more like a 39 yeah it's definitely not like a huge 40 because i've had watches that were 40 that I, I could not wear you know like a frederick constant um you know what i was actually thinking of the ball hydrocarbon no no, no. the ball engineer 2 red label it was like a chronometer watch with like the teak dial, kind of like the Omega Aquaterra. Do you remember that yeah. watch? Uh, yeah. 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 I know that watch. That was a 40 millimeter. And dude, that wore like a 43. A- any day. I, w- I would swear it's 43. I've taken calipers to it multiple times thinking it's the 43 millimeter version. Like, cause I couldn't believe myself of how large that watch wore. I, um, yeah, I had the 42 millimeter Frederick Constant Moon Phase in-house when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And that watch honestly wore like my big pilot. <laughs> well, that watch is like all dial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a 42 millimeter dial. Yeah. So yeah, the the Oris is probably one of the one of the you know my picks for the year. Uh, and it's you know it's accessible. It's you know it's like if you really want it, uh, most people will be able to get one if they save up. You know. Yep. Yep. I mean, they're like what 1,200 bucks, right? Um, yeah, you can get discount. I mean, MSRP, I think it's 16 on strap. Is that right? Or 18? I think it's 1600 on the strap know. MSRP. I mean, obviously it's an Oris, so most dealers will be able to give you, uh, you know, a discount, um, you know, gray market. I think they're around 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. It's a, it's a good watch. It's a good watch. Anyway, next, uh, next one for you. Um, I kind of don't want to talk about this watch because I want to buy another one. <laughs> um, so in the very beginning of this year, I purchased a um, one of the old Tudor um, chronographs uh, from like, I think it was like the, the mid 90s or so. So they have like yeah. the Tudor Tiger, which uh, I guess that was like some 
marketing thing with Tiger Woods that they did. So this one was, uh, and they also have like Tudor Big Block, which, um, you know, that has like a, a bit of a hefty case. Uh, it's pretty reminiscent actually of like the modern Tudor cases. It's just like a huge side profile um, with very little sophistication. <laughs> and do you remember the reference for the one you had? It's like, isn't it like seven, nine something? Yeah, I'll, I'll check on, uh, I'll check. Hold on. Um, yeah, so anyway, let, let me just, let me just talk. About I, 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 I might, is it on your Instagram? Uh, oh, dude, the fake eval. <laughs> the fake eval is on my Instagram. Dude, uh, <laughs> it looks so real. I can't believe this I is know, a fake, man. So anyway, like, this, this was, mine was the pre-Tiger. Um, it wasn't the big block. I don't know if they call it a small block. I think I have referenced it, uh, referenced uh, to it as like small block or whatever. But, um, and it was the reverse panda dial. So it has no weird writing on it, no like red logo that says Tiger. You know, it's not the, a purple dial like some of those other ones. The value of that watch is kind of brought down by the fact that there's so many like shitty combinations out there. There's like bright yellow ones, bright red ones, and like all sorts of weird combinations. Um, but the one I had was, in my opinion, the most desirable. It was, yeah, so it was black dial with white uh, subdials. And obviously screw down pushers and screw down crown uh black bezel and just a simple watch and on the wrist it had the sort of vintage uh daytona vibes it was it, was it kind cool. of does man like even just looking at it from in the photo it, it does kind of look like that um it, it was a that, really sick watch i want to buy another one honestly like I, I i wish that um there was like more i wish that that like that was the only one that they released like they, they kind of all those tigers are just horrible and it kind of makes them have a bad name yeah i probably wouldn't want one with you know like tiger on the dial although I, i've heard people say like they try not to get fixated on that that it's like tiger woods they're trying know, to say like oh tiger i know but like they're trying to think that like oh tiger that's just like an animal that's not for tiger woods you know i mean it is both of the things i guess it's just a majestic animal you know um yeah, the one you had was a very nice variant, and uh, it had really sharp lugs, too. It, that thing was uh, minty, huh? Would you say it's the nicest of the variants? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't have all the variants in front of me. Um, there are ones that are nicer than others, for sure, and this is definitely on the, like, nice spectrum. Okay, I'm going to take that as a no. Oh, I wore gloves even for the photos. No, no, I'm not saying that, dude. I just don't know what other ones look like. I know there are like really crappy ones out there too. Yeah, so the hands are are um, pretty cool on this watch. The the hours and minutes hand hand are pretty like pretty much Daytona style. Uh, the chronograph hands, uh, the seconds hand has like a a white tip on it, which is kind of yeah, cool, absolutely. and they're, they're black black hands, uh, so they're not like they're not polished steel um and then yeah the yeah the hour and minutes hands are polished steel with loom and then the uh the chronograph hands are are, are black um yeah it looks it's it's a nice looking watch i, I can't argue with that so the the per guy that i sold it to um <laughs> I, I remember i told you about this he was wearing it and like the bezel popped off like a month after i sold it to him and i honestly i had i had never had an issue with that watch ever and I felt really bad for the guy because I think he lost the bezel. That's not an easy thing to replace for those, is it? Um, there's probably less desirable variants of this watch that have a black bezel insert. So it mm -hmm. might not be too hard. I mean, 
maybe just to get the part on its own, mm-hmm. I guess, but it's probably not um, like that uncommon. I see. Okay. Well, well, yeah. So that's a cool watch that I, I want another one. And it's a, it's a really sweet watch. Oh, the reference is um, 79260. Yeah, I knew it was 79 something. Um, cool. You. Do you remember that uh, Zenith Bamford that I bought? Yeah, I don't think I ever saw like more than like two photos of that watch, but yeah. Yeah, I sold it immediately. That was that was a horrible watch. I mean, so the reg I think the regular Zenith El Primero 38 millimeter, kind of like the bread and butter one, is actually a really nice watch. Um, I had one for a very long time. Um, but then you know Bamford got involved, and this variant has this like gradient blue dial, um, and it has like white um hash marks going around the dial but they kind of uh, like alternate length that makes them look like kind of like teeth it's it's really strange um and then it has really thin white hands um and that sounds like when i'm describing that that sounds like it could be a nice looking watch right but then <laughs> other than the teeth part i guess but the dial quality was just not up to par it, like it looked like something like like a i don't know like a 200 dollar watch would have um based on the dial quality to me the when great- i saw that that uh dial it looked like someone drew on like a piece of paper with colored pencils dude if if it looked and felt like when you were just looking at it it, lo- it felt like paper like that's yeah, what yeah, I was it looked like about. that it looked like that yeah it, and it just like didn't kind of you know it, it didn't wasn't quality that's it was i feel like it was lacking quality maybe you know i'm sure the dial manufacturing you know was um decent and it would last a long time but like it just somehow seemed cheap to me looked cheap to me um yeah that was a horrible watch and the gradient was just so you know like moser does these like crazy like you know fume gradient dials that are amazing and then bamford comes up with this like total garbage um and the funniest thing that this and this watch was like seven grand or so msrp uh for mr porter or whatever wherever these yeah, came yeah. from and there was one on eBay for $10,000 for like the longest time. And I'm, I was thinking like, oh, they must be uh, sold out. But you go to Mr. Porter and there were still like seven available or something out of 15 or 50, however many they made. And I'm like, is, is this guy like realized that they're not sold out? Dude, I charged the Blanc Pond Loom like five, 10 minutes ago. It's still so bright my that's okay so i'm gonna update people that are listening to uh well that liked to hear about the zenith which is maybe no one but uh the loom on that watch the black version is is pretty much non-existent i i figured because they use black. oh wait hold on you have you have to tell them like you have to mention what watch you're talking about man like the zenith like yeah, yeah. You, the, the zenith uh sorry uh yeah we just talked about the zenith right um uh, the the zenith defy um black ceramic that we did a few episodes on cool um, yep. the skeleton one it, the loom on that watch is is black it's black super luminova which you know i've never heard of that before and it doesn't really it, it glows if you like charge it and then it's re- very dark you can sort of see it for a little while but um and maybe if you have like night vision maybe you're sleeping and you wake up and it's like pitch black maybe you'll see it. <laughs> you but, just put on some night vision goggles dude you can see your loom yeah, but it's like pretty much non-existent in every other scenario. Like I've I've tried to view the time before, and the loom is just it doesn't glow whatsoever. So that's a little disappointing. I'm sure the other ones with maybe the other colors, 
like the white one that has to be fun yeah. right yeah but maybe i'm sure the it is blue one might not be because blue is also a very dark color they use like a dark a very dark blue like a navy so um that one might also have shit loom so dude <laughs> when we met up and i picked up that watch um and i i actually one of the first things i tried doing was charging the loom with my you know phone flashlight <laughs> and i like i was done doing it and there was like like nothing yeah it's it's such a disappointment but yeah i mean i really wish that i had great loom that would make it so much nicer for me yeah um but overall when i uh when when i held that watch and i put it on the this it wears a whole lot smaller than a 41 would suggest yep um very comfortable on the wrist like fairly lightweight the strap is really thin and comfortable really soft um the dial detail is actually pretty nice the but it doesn't feel style. cheap even though it's lightweight right like that's what i would say no i don't think it felt cheap um and then you know it had a um ar coating on the outside on the crystal as well right so it makes that kind of uh skeletonization really pop yep <laughs> do you want to talk about go for it no do you want to talk about you're experiencing the ship part oh, i yeah. just thought of i just thought of ar and you were kind of like stunned by that shit yeah, something about the AR quality that on um, Marek's Chopard on the, the case back. It, like, I've never seen an AR before where you, in any angle where you cannot see the crystal. It's unbelievable. It looks truly like the crystal is not there. Yep. So I've, I've never seen AR like that. It looks better. Honestly, it looks better than if the crystal wasn't there. It's like, you ever see the infomercial <laughs> for HD vision sunglasses where you put them over your glasses? Yeah it was like it was HD like vision. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no it's maybe yes. those are show part hd vision glasses <laughs> yeah some some of them don't have this um most of the ones i've owned did um and it's yeah it's it's awesome it's like the clearest ar coding i've ever seen and i told you the story uh when i when i got my first one i thought the crystal fell out yeah no one's gonna believe like or sorry they, they i'm sure they believe it but no one is gonna really truly understand what a, like how crazy it is unless they see it and unfortunately for a lot of people they're never probably going to experience this watch but like it's it's not really easy to describe it's it looks too good to be true yeah yeah that the it's pretty ridiculous i mean maybe maybe people will get to see it when we do that uh when we meet up again at that uh ramadan inn and you know do that uh we'll we'll have a white castle cater that's fine they probably don't do that we'll just we'll just have we'll just pick we'll just pick it up it's fine yeah so um do you want to uh you mentioned the the zenith i don't know if that that was a disappointment um that was that, a disappointment yeah is that your watch is that what you're uh yeah no sure yeah um i think i'm, I'm picking off the the weak ones from the year everything else was pretty good so i'll, I'll let you have a another go and then i'll maybe have another one that i actually liked i'll do a couple quickly um i've been surprised at the well, not surprised. I mean, every, everything is going up, but um, the price of the Explorer 36 is uh, getting a little out of hand right now. It's they're like over five grand, which is kind of crazy. Um, I sort of figured that would happen because it's, you know, it's 36 millimeters. And as time goes on, you know, more watches are moving away from that size and more people mm-hmm. want, want that sort of thing. So um, I'm sure those will be, you know, continue to, to go up until they, until they uh, sort of dry up and, you know, 
they'll they'll probably be what seven eight grand in no time i mean there's so many of them that i think it's going to take a while before they're eight Wait, um, what do you mean so uh dude every single rolex there's so many of and like think about the prices i mean that's true there's but there's also you know there's that's right but there's you know there's also a lot of demand for it so i guess it's relative right yeah yeah i mean everyone like people appreciate that watch because it it feels pretty uh well at least the first one with um there's a one four two seven zero and then there's the one one four two seven zero the one one four two seven zero has solid end links which makes it feel a whole lot more modern but if you get the the first the five digit serial with the um five digit reference with the um uh the hollow end links it feels pretty much like a vintage watch so mm-hmm. and vintage and rolex that's that's where the money's at so uh yeah, yeah so there's that watch there's the grand seiko snowflake which i had one of those and that was kind of a bit a disappointment um too it's, thick it's it's weird it's a weird watch it's like it's so delicate in the design that you almost want it to be a dress watch or you don't even want to like touch it. You kind of just want it to be like a display piece, but then they stick it in a 41 millimeter titanium case and you're like, okay, you know, I want to go like, you know, diving or something like this is like a sports watch, a true sport watch. Um, and it's just a little weird. It's chunky. And then it also has spring drive, which, you know, it's, it's nice. Um, but it just seems kind of, like a weird combination of things and it's people love the watch because of the dial and i agree the dial was fantastic but um yeah and you know i owned <clears throat> i owned one of those for a long time and yeah. uh, i was not wearing it remember i was telling you i'm like dude i haven't worn my snowflake in like a year should i sell it um yeah. and, and I it was you to sell that shit <laughs> and it was i mean it was partially be, i mean it was partially because of the size but also because mine was like absolutely minty and i didn't want to scratch it <laughs> yeah yeah that watch needs to, needs to be mint pretty much to appreciate it yeah that's that's the thing like with this aratsu finishing you're always afraid yeah you're always afraid that you're gonna scratch it um i know they, they say that it's like hardened titanium whatever they call it but it's still titanium it's still way softer than stainless steel yeah yeah it's like in my experience out of y- yogurt <laughs> the uh, uh the um what was i gonna say um I, I wish that they would just make a snowflake type of watch which was so i'm a huge fan of i haven't like i think i may have seen one in person but i've never tried it on uh the new manual wine spring drive watches that they have and that case uh like the ones that only come on the leather strap yep and I absolutely love those watches. I wish they would just make like exactly the snowflake, but just in that case. And sure, they can even make a titanium. Um, I would pre- prefer it wasn't in titanium, but I mean. Oh, dude, that would be really hot. They're that also would just like, be the best watch. Wait, and, dude, and hold on, dude. Hold on. This is a, this is they, a very good idea. They should only so, make that watch. So hold on. That watch is like 37 millimeters too, right? Yeah, yeah. That should be their only watch. Just those oh, manual wine spring drive. They're so nice. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Manual not, wind spring on. drive? They, they, you, mean, you mean manual wind, like, mechanical? They have uh, manual wind spring drive now instead of, right? Instead of, uh, like, automatic, uh, like, having a rotor. Um, I mean, they've had that in the past. That's what they have in, like, some Creedors. I don't know if they have that in... Um... Yeah, yeah, let me give you the reference here. This is the watch I'm talking about. Um, yeah, one, give, give me one sec. Go on. It is SBGK005. This is one of them. 
this case shape. <clears throat> I don't know what size they are actually. Um, it's 30, I think this is a 39. 39. Still, uh, I mean, that, that's not that, a spring drive, man. That's that's a that's a mechanical manual line. Are you sure? Positive. You're thinking of like the Creedor Aichi 2 that has a manual wind spring drive. There are also other models that um, some of the older like spring drives are manual wind too. Um, this is a mechanical watchman. Okay. Well, I want, I need it to be a, a mechanical or sorry, a manual wind spring drive. That would be larger. I feel like those spring drive movements are not small enough to fit into, you know, which one I'm talking, the, the SBGW um, models, like the, SBGW, like look up SBGW 00, uh, or sorry, uh, 035, for example. They, they have um, the anniversary, like the limited, uh, limited edition ones, I guess, that, that have the manual spring drive, right? A manual spring drive has been done in the past. I'm just no, not quite sure they, how recently. They have one that just came out last year. It's, uh, let me see. It's like the one that has the fully engraved case. It has like a uh, decorative. Oh, plate. yeah. But that's, that's like, again, that's like the, that's like a Credor Aichi 2 movement essentially in there. Okay. Isn't that watch like $55,000? I'm not sure. Uh, so they have SBGZ001. SBGZ003, which is like just a plain case, but obviously it's some precious metal. I'm not sure what it is, if it's platinum or white gold. And they have a yellow gold one, which is uh, SBGY002. So they have a few of them. Um, I don't know. To me, that's the perfect watch. If they had, it might be the same case, but it doesn't have any subdials. It's a very similar case as the one that I just gave you. The so, the, so these are, you're right. So these are spring drive manual. And they're slim. Yeah, yeah. So if I thought that the other ones were also, so that was my mistake. But um, so if, if they had that manual manual line spring drive, just snowflake dial, like basically the same layout as a snowflake, just in this case, uh, I I think that would be like my favorite Grand Seiko, and maybe put it on like a cool strap, something different. I don't know, not anything like too flashy, but something a little bit different. So they do have a they do have a actually. Uh this variant with the snowflake dial and it, I think a yellow gold case. Um, it's the, uh, yeah, it was the SBGY 002. Yeah. Yeah. And th there's a stainless steel one too, but it's like a kind of sunburst type dial. It's like a, not really sunburst. I don't know how to describe this. It's like a fan thing. Um, it's quite nice, but it's not quite the snowflake dial. That one's 8,000 euros apparently. Yeah. Yeah, so this this watch, um, if you know, if they just made a plain one, um, for for everyone, like not limited, not special in any way. <clears throat> so you want this watch to be dressy, essentially. You think the snowflake should be a thinner, dressier watch? Yeah, and honestly, this is like, honestly, this should be, uh, pretty much iconic Grand Seiko. Like all of their other stuff is nice, but none of it speaks to me in the same way that these new watches do. The case shape is it's very it's very unique and it seems I don't know if it's similar to something that's been like done before. It it seems pretty new, but it also seems fairly like it belongs in the Grand Seiko lineup. Um, and a lot of their <clears throat> a lot of their watches draw from like older watches that they've made in the past. So I, I bet this case has been made in the past. Yeah, yeah, it seems pretty 
unique and like iconic and it it has a design to match the sort of like extreme level of like um detail that they provide you know in their watches like i don't think they should put that level of detail into like a dive watch right like obviously they make them but like what what's the point i mean the snowflake's not really a dive watch i think it's like a they no, just I, I, alternative I mean, like, you know? they, they make they make like dive watches and stuff but yeah it's it's uh i guess it's trying to be sort of something like a date just but a date just even is a much more simple design like the this the snowflake had it's it's like it's special it needs to be i think it needs to be something that's like a little bit more uh not trying to be like an everyday uh beat around watch you know yeah i, I don't know the dial is stunning the case is just leaves a little bit to uh be desired i think and that's why i let go of mine um yes, anyway again. so we need it we need uh <clears throat> i personally need manual wine spring drive snowflake setup you know blue seconds hand etc in um steel or even titanium case that'd be fine but but that the case uh shape that we just talked about and that, that yeah the best best grand seiko i'm not sure if that's going to happen considering they put the snowflake dials and a lot of precious metals in that case shape so i'm not sure if they're going to do stainless steel on with the snowflake dial yeah probably not anytime soon if if ever but something like that may actually come out of you know the grand seiko house eventually maybe not exactly how you describe it but maybe close enough to where you would enjoy it you know yeah all right is it my turn i guess Mm -hmm. man this is going to be a long think, episode, but it's okay. We, we're sort of a little late, so. Yeah. I guess, I guess one thing that uh, I really enjoyed this year, and I think, you know, there's not, not enough brand awareness, which as crazy as that sounds, everyone knows who and what Breguet is. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people really appreciate how fine those watches are. Um, and I saw a post recently that was showing uh, one of their automatic movements. Uh, I forget which exact one, but it was the finishing um, between, you know, the hand polish and glage on the bridges and the full, um, you know, guilloche rotor. Like, it's just incredible. Um, and I have one that I got, I think, you know, beginning of last year. Uh, I think it's just the, the reference is uh, 5907. And I have it in yellow, uh, yellow gold. Such a like perfect dress watch. It's a, it's a thirty five and a half millimeter watch, I believe, or like the, around thirty five. It it seems small, but because of the super thin bezel and the like, you know, straight kind of welded on lugs, it wears quite a bit larger. It wears closer to like a thirty seven, I would say, on the wrist. Mm-hmm. Six thirty seven. Um, it's just. It's a stunning watch. Like the guilloche dial, the breguet hands, obviously, and the movement. It's a Frederick Piguet that's been kind of, it used to be an automatic, but they breguet modified it to be a manual wine. And they reshaped the bridges so it doesn't have that kind of like rotor burn, like the indentation where the rotor used to be. The, like there were versions that had that initially, but then they changed it. Um, and it's the only manual wind, as far as I know, that still has the clutch in it. So you can like continue winding it even when the power reserve is all the way up. It's kind of weird. I've never had a manual wind that's like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, and there is a power reserve indicator on the case back, like on the movement, which is also like one of my favorite things. Um, so, you know, when you, it's fully wound, you're not, um, 
I think you cut out there. Can you say that again? When it's fully wound, what? Yeah, so because it has a power reserve indicator, you know what it, you know when it is fully wound, so you do not continue winding it forever. Yeah, and normally I'll just uh, listen until you hear the clicking of the the clutch. Actually, the the Zenith Defy that I have is like the loudest, has like the loudest clutch I've ever heard, and it might just be because of it, like the echo of the ceramic case or something like that. Um, but it's it's incredibly noticeable. Interesting. You were saying that that watch, um, there might be like a weird echo within the case that it doesn't quite like being on the time grapher. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I have to time it, um, you know, just like on the wrist. But um, when I put it on the time grapher, I was getting some weird uh, beat error measurements that I didn't necessarily believe for, especially for a brand new watch. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking it may be just picking up echoes. And I don't have the best time grapher ever. It's just a cheap, you know, like the one that every person that's uh, not a watchmaker has uh yeah and mine was free <laughs> i'm assuming that it uh is picking up like echoes or something inside the case because uh ceramic watches they do in my experience you know they're you can hear uh the ticking a little bit louder and it's just the, the sound resonates through the case a little bit better than like on a steel watch so mm. um i asked someone else that had the watch if if he could throw it on a time grapher to see so i'm i'll I'm waiting to hear back on that. So, I see. By the way, the Blanc Pond Loom, the Blanc Pond Loom is uh, still strong. You're rubbing it in now. No, I'm just you know giving you an update on the Loom situation here. All right, I got I got a couple more for you, and um, I don't know if uh, if we're coming to an end soon, but I bought a few of the. Um, Oh, a quick shout out to the JLC sector dial because that's a sick watch. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Um, quick shout out to my uh, Creedor. No, that's not a sick watch. Can someone buy that, please? <laughs> okay, I'll trade you for the Piaget. Um, so I got, I got the Hoyer Carrera reissues from 1964. I bought two of them. Um, one silver dial, one black dial. And I think I... Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how available those watches will be in the future because it seems like people go absolutely apeshit over those because it's like, first of all, it's one of the smallest chronographs that you can, mechanical chronographs that you can possibly buy. It's a 35 millimeter um, and it's a manual wind. And obviously it has a classic styling and the, with identical proportions and people absolutely go crazy over those watches. So I'm I'm sure that the price of them will will go up over time. And it already has in the past like four years that, because I used to own them back in the day. I, I used to just buy them up whenever I saw them. Um, so, yes. Stashing them away. And now the three to six people that listen to our podcast are going to know about it. <laughs> well, did you, did you give a reference? Silver dial is CS3110. Black dial with um, the standard sub, sub dial. So, like, the, the full black sub dials is CS3111. Then they have like the Daytona style um, subdials that have like a, a contrasting like outer ring. So it'll be like a white outer ring and then the black inner. Um, yeah. And there, those, there's quite a few of them, quite a few variants. Yeah. Huh? CS3113. They have a yellow gold one, CS3140. Yeah, oh, I've seen those. Yeah. And then they have a salmon dial one, which I think is 3112. 
but I could be wrong about that. You should find that one so we can be Sam and Dial bros. I found one and I messaged the guy and I said, he responded that he still had it. And then I was like, well, what would it take to get you to sell it? And he just never responded. Was it like listed for sale or was it just someone who actually just had it? It was. And then he withdrew it. Oh, he pulled one of those on you, huh? Yeah. So I, it was like months ago. I missed it. I didn't even see it for sale. So I messaged him. I was trying to buy it, but it's okay. I don't need it at this point in time. I'll, I'll wait until one pops up. I'm going to sit on it for maybe the next 20 years. All right. I got my Piaget now. I'm good. <laughs> How about, um, remember my whole thing with the Parmigianis, the Tondas? Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of so, the design of that watch. So, I, I feel like it's I, me a bit. I still like the design. I just can't get over the... I don't know, like manufacturing defects that I've seen in them. Yeah. And the, I've even noticed like differences in case finishing. Did you like buy one, it from Nordstrom Rack? <laughs> I wish. Um, no, I didn't. But um, like, I think, how many did I go through? Three or four? And like, out of the four, three had dial defects. Were they the, the same dial defect for all of them, or was it like something? Yeah, like- it was kind of like blemishes on a dial um, that were very, very apparent. And they were, all of them were brand new watches that I was the first person to like break the seal. Um, so then, you know, I was like, <laughs> I, you know, like each time I would like reach out to the dealer saying, like, um, well, this is awkward, but there's this like massive blemish here. And, you know, granted, um, Parmigiani was willing to swap the dial out for me, um, even though I was buying this from a gray, a gray market dealer, dealer without like official warranty. They were going to do it for free, so you know, props to them. Um, I decided not to do that ultimately, and I just um, you know returned the watch. Um, yeah. The final one I got was was um, actually good, but it was not the dial variant that I wanted. The dealer kind of ran out of the ones he had, um, and he only had like the. Uh, rose gold with the gray dial available and that was my least favorite one because the markers were so small on that watch that they kind of disappeared on that gray dial and it looked like it was just like massive dial with like hands and nothing else there um i didn't love that you don't have that anymore right no no i i traded it to to a a dealer um a while ago um i don't know i i I didn't bond with that watch. I didn't like wearing it. It was, you know, like an oversized dress watch too. I realized it's not a thing for me. I, I can't do that. Like a 39 millimeter dress watch that's mostly just dial uh, doesn't work for me. Yeah, I, that design has grown on me a little bit. Um, but still, I'm. it's not my favorite. Um, I, I mean, I wish I would be able to just wear that watch upside down and just look at the movement. The movement is nice. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a micro rotor, obviously designed by you know uh, Mr. Parmigiani. Um, obviously. obviously, I mean the same man who designed my Chopard movement. God bless his soul. Um, it, it is a nicely finished movement. The the bevels are not hand polished, but like everything else about it is fairly nice. Yeah. Anyway, is there anything else that you want to quickly uh, do? You want to give a shout out to JLC Sector Dial also? No, not really. <laughs> okay. Um, I, yeah, I mean, if you have anything else you want to just quickly, uh, quickly mention, and I think we're oh, obviously like one of my favorite watches of the entire year that um, 
I mean, I, I think it's just a fantastic watch was the uh, Reverso that you sold me. So it's the Reverso tribute to 1931-ish uh, style uh, du- duo face. <laughs> duo so face. The one with the white, the white um, just time-only side and then the black jump hour. Um, can you jump hour remind side. me? Can you remind me why you sold it? Um, that watch, it was my first Reverso. And it was my last reverso. Nice, my first <laughs> nice dress watch, probably that I've gotten because I tend to buy more sporty stuff. So when I first got it, um, I mean, I I wore it a bit, and it felt a little out of place. But it just kept growing on me and growing on me. So I, it it didn't like. At first, I was like, I, I don't know about this watch, and um, you know, and then it, like after I sold it, I kind of just missed it like I, i'm sometimes i'll just like put on a watch and just be like like you know what would really go well with this like you know what i'm wearing right now is that reverso that i sold yeah you texted me saying i i missed the reverso as if it was like a person yeah yeah that was a good guy, <laughs> a good guy. um yeah man and like it, it's funny because you sold it essentially for how much you paid me which was i think way under market and you were arguing that it wasn't. And then didn't the guy that you sold it to like sell it for like a grand more? No, I don't think so. Oh no, but wasn't there one listed for like a grand more, like a little bit after? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And like it immediately sold after. Too? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it sold, right? I don't know if it sold. We can we can check, I guess. Um, that watch honestly should be priced higher than the Black Dial Reverso tribute to nineteen thirty one because it's a better watch. Like all around, it's yeah. a better watch. So yeah, it currently isn't priced higher. And, you know, it wasn't hyped on Instagram, so that's probably why it's not priced higher. But that's better for us. Right? I'm not, I hope to be able to rebuy one. So It was never, you know, but worn I my, by... I have my Piaget ben, now. Ben Clymer's sweater. I have my Piaget now. I'm good. Oh, dude. Dude, I love this. I love this watch. You, you are... I, I love how, like, you're going into the, like, dressy watches now. So that means I'm going to have to go into, like, the Breitlings again yeah we just opposite always all right i think it's time to end all right man yeah um decent episode uh yeah if if anyone listening uh feel free to ask us any questions you guys have uh my instagram is uh merrick kielbasa yeah and i am um what what am i i am joe.peng oh wow that's easy to remember you changed it huh no, I didn't change it. That oh, I was, thought it was like jpeng68. That's your like... That, that's my... On the forums, that's my username. It's my forums alter ego. All right, man. Yeah, so I mean, for anyone that's listening this far, which is probably no one, um, if there's anything you want to hear about or um, anything, just reach out to us on Instagram. We'd be happy to hear from you. So we're, we're going... Uh, we're going to take over the watch industry soon, so we're gonna we're gonna break the industry like those vincero watches we're gonna disrupt the industry that's what they say and people on shark tank we are disrupting the industry yeah sure sure all right reselling chinese shit all right man bye see you